Welcome to Everything Yesterday This Morning, a 15 to 20 minute daily recap of headlines you may have missed. Come for the news, stay for the snarky commentary. Good morning and welcome to Monday's edition of Everything Yesterday This Morning. I am your host, literally Heather. Wake up. It is Monday. There's work to do. No better way to start your day than hearing about some great deals from PSA. Yes, I'm rhyming now. (laughs) Okay, so Palmetto State Armory is running a deal as of recording on a PSA 16-inch mid-length 5.56 M-Lock MOE rifle with M-Bus sight set for only $549.99. It's almost 50% off, y'all, and further proof that there's no excuse to not be armed. There's also a SIG-mounted weapon light on clearance for only $69.99. And apparently, quite a few of you were unaware that Palmetto State Armory also has Caliber Coffee, so that will be a staple link on every morning show episode from this point moving forward. I'll probably come up with some super catchy phrase to entice you to buy some, um, maybe partner with a, a coffee mug with a little Caliber Coffee, and everything yesterday this morning. I'm not sure, but I am still waiting on someone to review it for me. I need you guys to buy some, taste it, let me know what you think. Uh, I would love to hear how it tastes. I have to live vicariously through you. Um, I have been trying really hard not to spend time on my phone when I'm at home with my kids. So nights, weekends, until the kids are in bed, I don't really look at my phone very much. So Uh, usually on the weekends, hardly at all until 10 p.m. Sunday night after they're in bed and I'm attempting to write my morning show. I am always amazed at what news stories transpired over the course of the weekend. First and foremost, as he kicks off his not-so-secret bid for the presidency, Gavin Newsom was dealt a beautiful blow to his gun-grabbing agenda this weekend. A federal judge struck down California's ban on firearm magazines holding more than 10 rounds Friday as unconstitutional, arbitrary, and capricious. The ban, which was adopted through a 2016 proposition, had gone through various appeals until the Supreme Court sent the case back to lower courts following its ruling in New York v. Bruin. The decision requires that firearm regulations don't impede on the language of the Second Amendment and be consistent with the nation's historical tradition. Judge Roger Benitez, pretty much the only man working for California's freedom, Californians' freedom, in Friday's decision said the ban on high-capacity magazines fails to meet that standard and that there is no national tradition of prohibiting or regulating firearms based on firing capacity or ammunition capacity. Benitez wrote that one government solution to a few madmen with guns makes into criminals responsible, law-abiding people wanting larger magazines simply to protect themselves. California Governor Newsom said in a statement that uh, decision is just politics, pure and simple, noting Benitez's record for rolling back gun control legislation. No, trying to remove the rights of peaceable citizens because you're a tyrant is politics. Benitez is following the law. As a governor, you should try it sometime. 
California Attorney General Rob Bonta filled, filled, filed a notice of appeal vowing to fight for our authority to keep Californians safe from weapon enhancements designed to cause mass casualties. It's gross to hear people who are servants talk about their authority and say the quiet part out loud. The injunction on the ban will be stayed for 10 days, according to the decision. The president and general counsel for the California Rifle Pistol Association, Chuck Michael, whose group originally filed the case, along with several private gun owners, praised the ruling, saying the clock is ticking on absurdly restrictive laws that violate the Constitution. Billy Clark, who is a litigation attorney at Giffords Law Center, told CNN he was confident the decision will be overturned and called a large-capacity magazine regulation common sense and constitutional. Maybe you should read that constitution and you will see how not common sense it is. Speaking of Newsom and his kickoff to his presidential run, the Joe Biden campaign strategy to respond to the GOP debate on Wednesday night is to send Gavin Newsom, not the president, to lead response efforts. Newsom will be on the ground in uh, at the debate to push back on Republican comments and highlight anything that the Biden team deems to be extreme rhetoric out of the debate. The governor will lead that effort alongside the Biden-Harris campaign manager, Julie Chavez Rodriguez, and Democratic National Committee Chairman Jamie Harrison. This is weird to me for a couple reasons. Number one, I've never seen a formal announcement of the opposing party, quote, being on the ground to professionally gaslight you. Number two, what does that even look like? Are they going to be standing outside on a stage giving live commentary over the debate? Will the news crews be covering Gavin Newsom instead of the GOP debate? What fresh hell of Ministry of Truth is this at this point? The campaign response builds off the strong and effective plan from the first debate with a clear North Star, push back on Republicans' lies and highlight their extremism at every turn. Our response will ensure we hold every Republican and their extreme positions accountable, campaign advisors said. Oh, So you're just going to call them terrorists because they don't agree with you. Got it. The Wednesday debate will be hosted by Fox Business Network and is expected to have a large focus on the Republicans' economic strategy. Former President Trump is not expected to join the debate after not attending the first one in August, but the Biden campaign expects the so-called MAGA agenda to be on display. You can expect the Biden campaign and our allies to point out the stark contrast between Bidenomics and the extreme Maganomics policies we'll hear on the debate stage, advisor said. (laughs) That ought to be rich, but not really rich because with Bidenomics, I'm paying almost $5 a gallon in gas and nearly 30% more year over year in food costs. The timing of next week's debate as MAGA Republicans are willing to shut down the government unless Donald Trump gets his way. Donald Trump is not even in office right now. It shines a brighter spotlight 
on economic impacts of the extreme MAGAnomics agenda. On the debate stage, Republicans will have to answer whether they're on the side of the MAGA shutdown or with the American people, advisors added. Newsflash, we aren't idiots. The government shutting down is a cost-saving measure for the American public. If there's no government, we get to keep our money and you aren't spending it on stupid shit or giving it away to Ukraine. You're just afraid if you shut down, it will be clear that the only people whose lives change are those dependent on the American taxpayer. The Biden campaign slammed Trump on Thursday for rooting for a government shutdown after the former president called on Republican lawmakers to use the looming government funding deadline as an opportunity to withhold funds from the Justice Department, which they should. Ahead of the debate, the Biden campaign also said it will put a focus on Latino political power during Hispanic Heritage Month. And with Univision being a debate partner, I'm sorry, Biden isn't debating. How is the Biden campaign putting focus on shit? He's sending a surrogate to do his job and isn't even hosting debates within his own party. What a joke. Also, did you guys notice it says Latino political power? It does not say Latinx. I guess they got the memo that that's that's not working very well for them. Speaking of the government spending money on stupid shit, the Department of Energy has announced a $325 million investment in new battery types that can help turn solar and wind energy into 24-hour power. Now, I know a lot of people take issue when I talk about things that only cost millions instead of billions of dollars, but that's because we have become ridiculously desensitized to what a million dollars is, or even what nearly half a billion dollars is, especially when those funds will be distributed among only 15 projects in 17 states and the Red Lake Nation in Minnesota. Batteries are increasingly being used to store surplus renewable energy so that it can be used later, during times when there's no sunlight or wind. The department says the projects will protect more communities from blackouts, and make energy more reliable and affordable. The new funding is for long-term storage, meaning options that can last for longer than the four hours that's typical of lithium-ion batteries. Storage that can keep putting out energy from sundown to sunup, or for several overcast days at a time. It's the fervent work of thousands of engineers around the world right now because it's a serious way to address climate change by allowing natural gas or coal-fired power plants to be turned off. Or, and hear me out, you could focus on nuclear because the materials used in those batteries are also non-renewable resources. So, hard truth coming here, it's no better than coal, oil, and gas with regards to stealing from the planet. Long-duration battery storage is like a rainy day savings account for energy storage, said Jody Lutkenhaas, a professor of chemical engineering at Texas A&M University. As long as these batteries use earth-abundant materials that are readily available, I don't see any drawbacks, Lutkenhaus said, alluding to minerals that need to be mined, including lithium. 
Oh, of course you don't see any drawbacks, Jody, because those materials will be mined thousands of miles away on the backs of slaves around the world, so you can continue to virtue signal in your classrooms about how important your work is. Government incompetence and nefariousness seems to be a theme, you guys. Not sure why. They're such great people and they're here to help. Two Americans, however, are alleging that the FBI lost or stole their property after seizing it through a shady process. Were you at the Capitol on January 6th? Did you have your property stored in a Liberty safe? Because I heard that's a surefire way to lose your shit. Um, all we know is that their property was in a box and safe before the FBI broke into the box. Joe Gay, an attorney with the nonprofit law firm Institute for Justice, said, Once the FBI broke into the box, we honestly don't know exactly what happened. We don't know if they lost it. We don't know if somebody pocketed it and walked away. We have no way of knowing. The Institute for Justice filed two lawsuits Friday on behalf of clients who had property seized from their safety deposit boxes in a March 2021 raid on U.S. private vaults, a Beverly Hills-based company. After prevailing in court, the FBI agreeing to return their property both Don Moline and Jenny Pearsons discovered some of their property was missing and suspect the FBI's haphazard raid or sticky fingers are to blame. There's literally no explanation, Pearson said. I think you have to assume it's the simplest, simplest explanation. And I think, unfortunately, the simplest explanation is that they took it or lost it. Moline, a 79-year-old retired civil servant, kept cash and 110 gold coins worth hundreds of thousands of dollars in his box to safeguard his financial security. He invested in the precious metals with the proceeds after he and his wife sold their Malibu home in 2002. Pearsons and her husband, Michael Stork, similarly rented a security deposit box in 2017 as a financial safeguard storing around $20,000 in silver and $2,000 in cash. Neither Moline nor Pearson were charged with a crime. The FBI had been investigating U.S. private vaults, which shut down the following, <clears throat> excuse me, shut down following the raid and ultimately pleaded guilty to conspiracy to launder drug money. After the FBI seized their property, Along with 1,400 other customers, Moline and Pearsons received a note stating the FBI wanted to keep their property through a process known as civil forfeiture. Pearsons said she'd never heard of civil forfeiture before, but after doing research, she discovered that one of the options to reclaim the items presented on the notice essentially gave the FBI all rights to decide what's done with the property. It's very disingenuous and even shady, she said. It's the least transparent process. It's not something you would do if your intent was to find out who these items belong to. The FBI didn't respond to requests for comment, which is, I tell me how surprised you are. Pearson's teamed up with the Institute for Justice to fight for her property, while Moline hired an, att an attorney and spent $40,000 to reclaim his items. And you think, oh, okay, well, that's great. 
They both prevailed, but when they went to the agency's Los Angeles office to claim their property, they realized that some of their items were missing. Malene was given the cash from his box, but none of his 110 gold coins. The FBI seemed to have no record of the missing coins, as they weren't listed on the property receipt of his box's contents. When pressed for a copy of the video inventory of the box, the FBI said, in its rush to process so much property, it had abandoned its initial plan to film the process, completing inventory paperwork instead, according to the Institute for Justice. What we learned was their incentive to forfeit everything they found crowded out their obligations to safeguard the people that had their stuff in their property. The story sounds eerily similar to the story of Dennis Parada and the nine tons of Civil War era gold that he and his son found in Dense Run, Pennsylvania, that the FBI is also suspected of stealing. He said the search became hectic and frenzied as agents rushed to seize what would end up being nearly $86 million worth of assets. They crowded dozens of agents into this vault. They spent the next week ransacking through boxes looking for cash, looking for property to forfeit. He said the FBI inventories listed items like, quote, miscellaneous coins or, quote, miscellaneous items, which were utterly useless for the intended purpose of protecting owners' property. Moline sued the government to force the return of the coins in August. Months later, the government found and returned 47 of them, but told Moline that he must dismiss his lawsuit and file a claim with the FBI in order to track down the remaining 63. In March of this year, after filing his claim, the FBI told Moline it had investigated itself. There is no evidence that it had done anything wrong or careless, according to the Institute for Justice. The FBI had no reason to go through my box and they were careless in losing my savings, Moline said. For months, I was told they didn't have any of my coins before they eventually found some of them. I'm disappointed that I have to sue again in order to get my property back that should have been given back to me over two years ago. Similarly, when Pearsons went to claim her property in 2021, she noticed the $2,000 in cash from her box was missing. They never said, oh no, that wasn't in the box. They just didn't give it back. And they told us at the time that someone from the U.S. Marshal's office was going to call and talk to me about it, but then no one ever called. Could be that the way that the FBI and law enforcement carried this out was just really sloppy work, or there was never really any intention on giving it back, and so it really didn't matter because they thought they just got to keep everything. So to them, it was just one big pile. Gay said, regardless of how the property went missing, the lack of legal recourse for owners is wrong. Both Moline and Pearson said the most eye-opening part of the entire experience was feeling like law enforcement cheated and lied to them. When I was growing up, we trusted and respected law enforcement, especially the FBI, Moline said. I'm not filing this lawsuit just for me. 
I'm fighting for a better world where people can trust law enforcement to do the right thing. I'm fighting to make law enforcement better. I would love to be able to be thankful to law enforcement for taking care of whatever criminal circumstance there was and for making sure that my involvement with it didn't have to be painful, Pearson said, but rather they've literally stolen. They don't have the ability to show me a video of them opening this up and going through it and saying, no, look, see, it wasn't there. It's just absolutely galling, but they investigated themselves, you guys. They didn't do anything wrong here. Canadians giving a standing ovation to a Nazi, but Joe Biden says, hold my Geritol, while he signs an executive order unveiling the American Climate Corps, which is a program specifically to create the next generation of climate union, uh, I mean, climate activists taught in climate-related jobs. In other words, a program that will ultimately condition and train future individuals to advance the radical agenda. The American Climate Corps will pay 20,000 quote-unquote young people to get trained in climate-related jobs. Democrats have consistently relied on young people as an important part of their voting bloc because they are generally less experienced and knowledgeable of the federal government's breathtaking inefficiency. Biden climate czar Ali Zaidi said, we're opening up pathways to good paying careers, lifetimes of being involved in the work of making our communities more fair, more sustainable, more resilient. These comments coming from people who fly in private jets to ride in cars only to pop out onto a bicycle for the last mile of their entrance are not to be taken seriously. The only and best good news to come out of the weekend is the announcement that Usher will be doing the halftime performance at the Super Bowl. The inner 90s girl in me said, what's up, old lady? I'm still here. That is your Monday edition of everything yesterday this morning. As always, I appreciate you guys tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, share it with a friend, like, make sure you're subscribed so you catch it when it drops at 6 a.m. on your drive into work. And with that being said, don't forget to stop at those Palmetto State Armory links in the show description. I love you guys. Got a big week ahead. May not bring a show to you after tomorrow because I've got two live streams on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday night. So with all of that said, I love you guys. You take care. Have a great Monday. If you like today's show, be sure to subscribe and turn on notifications so you never miss an episode. Also, please don't forget to check out shouseinthehouse.com and never forget that free men do not need permission from any government. Have a great day.